FASWA is a podcast about Bigfoot. It's recorded for the skeptics, the believers, the knowers, and those who just have a casual interest in the subject. For more information, visit saswhat.com. This is Sasswet, a show about Bigfoot. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove. I'm joined tonight by my pal, Mark Matsky. Greetings. How are you, Seth? I am fantastic. I feel like we haven't yeah. done this in a while, even though we we did a show last week, but it was much more loose and freewheeling. I think that's how this show is going to be, though. Probably. Probably. Um, if you're, We don't say this enough. If you're listening on Wadsworth Community Radio, hello. Hi, um, please follow us on Facebook. Let us know you're listening um, so we can track people that are listening in my hometown of Wadsworth. Um, and also, if you're listening in Wadsworth or the surrounding area, our first uh, screening of Beast of Whitehall comes up on June, I want to say June 28th in Wadsworth. Free screening. You can come watch Beast of Whitehall at the Wadsworth Community Library. Um, <clears throat> and we'll be there doing a Q&A, and it should be fun. I love those library screenings. They're, they're always a fun time. And you're not that far from me, Mark, so I don't even know if you'll have an excuse not to come. <laughs> Can I get a library card while I'm there? Yeah. Will they give one to me? Oh, yeah. An honorary. Because I'll use it, for sure. library card. I was just in there today. <laughs> they have a, uh, a small-town monster's wall. It's got the... Minerva Monster poster, and then they put up the Beast of Whitehall poster now. So they carry That's both awesome. both of our yeah. movies as well. So no kidding. Yeah, you can go and borrow Minerva Monster and Beast of Whitehall. Man. Man, that's the only library right now in Northeast Ohio that has Beast of Whitehall. But there are well, actually, that might not be true. I definitely did sell two copies to another library, but um, usually. As of as of last year, there was, I think, seven libraries in this kind of sector of Ohio that carry Minerva Monster. And Beast, Does, Beast of Whitehall should be kind of following. Is uh, Willoughby Hills one of those, by any chance? Because I think they would definitely be interested. I think Willoughby Hills does carry Minerva, I think. Because okay. we did, you know, we did that we did that thing there. And you and I need to talk about doing something there. We want to. Mm-hmm. I want to do some sort of live something. You and I, yeah, talking. This is live right now. I'm talking about this. Our listeners are are getting a peek behind the curtains. But yeah, they we need, we need to get we get to get that planned out so we could go and do it. Um, you just had a uh, a wild and woolly weekend down in the uh, Ooh, yeah Sasquatch of Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the nexus of the Sasquatch Triangle. Yes, yeah. Good old Salt Fork State Park. How was how was your weekend? It was really good. Um, the the probably the one of the most fun things was getting to hang out with Matt Harris, who has you know, avid listeners are probably aware that Matt has done artwork for Minerva Monster and Beast of Whitehall, and. Uh, Matt, I was talking with Andy. We might we did some recording down there too, and we might have even said this to each other. 
But Matt is sort of the closest thing to us that we've ever found in terms of he has, you know, part of him is is Bigfoot and part of him is Godzilla and Japanese superheroes and stuff. It's also and, extremely nice. So he he does kind oh of gosh. he's like a Matsky. Yeah. <laughs> he's a lot like a Matsky. Yeah. Yeah, and so we we got to hang out with him a lot and that was cool. And uh one of his prints from Minerva was actually in the auction. Awesome. And I think it fetched like 175 or 150 or some pretty good price. How so that was that was cool to see. My dad had a pen in there, didn't he? Yes. How did that do? And that I I want to say it was no less than 200. Okay. Wow. It's impressive. The I think it's um somebody deep in the Pennsylvania Bigfoot scene hmm. was all over that. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was ready. He he really like he was bidding like you see right. people who want something. Yeah. He was just like Did he have a paddle? Did he have the little paddle with the <laughs> yeah. yeah. He had a um paddy cast he yeah. kept holding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but overall it was probably this sounds crazy, but it was I think there may have been more people there than in any previous Bigfoot conference. I mean, the uh, the vendors area was, you know, is like a nightmare for anyone with anxiety mm-hmm. issues, right? Um, so Andy ended up, at, believe it or not, he ended up at a table, and this year it was Erie Eric, and he hung out with Sean Forker over there, and they were hawking artwork. It was a pretty cool scene cool. there. Wait, the, wait, the, was Andy actually helping to sell? Artwork. Oh yes! See, that's, oh yes! That's Andy is the salesman genius. When we were there last year, Andy essentially ran the Grassman Gear table. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is about that. It's, he's drawn to it. Yeah, he's and just he, good. He's good with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if he notices that they're, they show any hint of interest, it's over with. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I kind of assumed that the crowd would be pretty massive with with the uh Barrickman there and Gim Lindigan mm-hmm. and Bobcat Goldthwait, Craig Flippy. It was a good good lineup for sure. Um and the the speaker that I was most impressed with and surprised by was uh Sibylla Irwin. Okay. And she does sketches you know, she'll she'll talk to witnesses who've had real close Bigfoot encounters face to face, and she like a uh, you know like a police sketch artist. She helps develop a picture of what the creature looked like, and uh, doesn't rest until it's you know the witness says, "Yeah, that's exactly what I saw." So not only did she show the sketches, but she also told the stories of each of these people, and all of them were deeply psychologically marked by this experience so hmm. it's just a great combination of good visuals and she's an excellent storyteller as she recounts what these people went through right and i i was very i guess i i had never heard her speak before so i was really pleasantly surprised and she it just brought a different angle to things that was was cool i left feeling like that was it was worth going just to hear her marked when you say they were marked like like 
nightmares or they they yeah. haunted by it or yeah yeah definitely psychologically disturbed wow um the the in some cases you know the act of going through this process of describing the encounter to her and and having her listen very sympathetically was probably the most counseling that some of them have received wow cool um yeah it was it was i i i wish we could have been down there this year but it was a it was a hectic year for me too plus the today is actually my third anniversary so we congratulations yeah we had a big weekend of uh shopping and going out to eat a lot and <laughs> watching movies we watched big hero six today finally um, I had not seen it, so this was my first. That was your first time. Yeah, seeing it. I don't know what oh. happened, dude, because I will see anything with robots, and especially yeah. like Boy and his robot stories. Like Iron Giant's one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, mm-hmm. Pacific Rim sent me into some sort of like weird nerd <laughs> heavenly state. Um, yes, and so I really i I loved it though. I thought it was really good. Good, yeah. yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, that's my whenever whatever year it was that came out. That was my favorite movie that year. I can't I remember. It was, it was two, awesome. two years ago, right? Or was it last? Right. Year? Okay. Two no, years. it was two years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can't even remember. Two years ago, there was there was a weird year where my favorite movie was that Disney musical uh, Into the Woods or in, Into the. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that might have been the year that came out. I don't, there's no accounting for taste. Listen, <laughs> right, there's no exactly. accounting for my taste. Um, <laughs> how dare you like that movie yeah <laughs> uh, so we we watched that and uh, so, uh did you see civil war yet no okay that w- we had this moment this past weekend where we were doing something else and i looked at andy and said you know we could be seeing civil war right now and he looked at me like yeah what were we thinking so we we dropped the ball on that because we're both very much wanting to see it. Yeah, yeah. I saw. I saw that. It was. It was okay. It was a Marvel movie. I'm less <laughs> of a Marvel movie fan than most people. I think at this point, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I love Winter Soldier, and I was hoping for more of a Winter Soldier type of movie. And uh, it's not in the Winter Soldier camp. It's more in the Avengers or Avengers Two camp. So okay. Mm-hmm. So it's more of that style. But all right, I, I know most people love that. So. Awesome, awesome for them. What did you think of Black Panther? Black Panther was really good. My my wife thought he was the highlight of the whole thing. She she okay. thought he was great, and I love the character. T'Challa is one of my favorite Marvel characters. Um, if I had a problem, it was just that the movie is so bright, so bright, hmm. and so Saturday morning cartoon, and that that's cool. But it's also coming on the heels of Winter Soldier, which is a very grim and gritty kind of superhero movie. And that was what I liked about it. It's, it's grim and gritty without being like DC levels. It still like felt Marvel-y. Um, mm-hmm. And this is just so bright. And it felt like a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie <laughs> to me. And so Black Panther running around in that world looked goofy to me. And Okay. And there's other stuff I'd could go into but I, there what I want to talk about it would spoil stuff for you so I don't want to 
I don't okay. want to go into it yet, but yeah, I liked it. It was it was a good movie. It was not as good as Winter Soldier or Guardians of the Galaxy, which are my two favorite Marvel flicks. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that's where we're at with movies and conferences <laughs> and um. Yeah. So we got a bunch of letters we're going to get into, but before we do that, um, I'm going to really quickly talk with Mark about a situation that has arisen. This is sounding way too serious already. <laughs> uh, this Hopefully this doesn't come across as just incredibly awkward, but basically, um, what episode is this? 89? I don't know. I think it's 89. <laughs> as of uh, episode... Yes. Yeah, uh, this is 89. As of episode 100... I'm going to step away from the show. So in basically in what capacity the show continues, we're not 100% sure yet, but it does seem as if the show will continue. And I think we do have plans in place for what would happen. And, and the other thing, some people like me and want, you know, that they're going to want to hear that I'm still involved in some capacity. I'll still be involved in some capacity, mostly as the show's producer, so Mark doesn't have to record the show and then edit everything every week and do all that stuff. Uh, plus, I want to be involved still with Saswat in some some way. So if I can feel like I'm at least helping out, I'll feel like I still have a, 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 t- a foot, a toe dipped in the tepid water of the uh, the Saswat bathtub. Um, <laughs> so So the plan is for after episode 100, I'll be stepping away. And uh, the show should continue beyond there. Um, and and the other thing is to you know the, the way podcasts go. I, I did another podcast before this. We did a hundred and I, I want to say it's over one hundred and forty episodes. I think we did like our last was like one hundred and forty three or something crazy like that. But mm-hmm. um, uh, with that show, we've always kept the door open for us to come back. And I think we'll do the same with Sasquatch. Like, r- don't consider this the definitive end of Seth on Sasswat. Um and as for reasons, um I'm extremely busy with Small Town Monsters projects right now. Um and while that sounds like a like I'm putting Small Town Monsters before Sasswat, it's not necessarily just that. It's needing to find some sort of balance between doing big footy things and working on the movies and regardless of what people think of my decision to make small town monsters kind of my my full-time job that's what i do with most of my time i have another job like a normal part-time job but my full-time what i devote 50 60 hours a week to is small town monsters so um i need time to focus on that and also i mean i'm I might as well. You know, something else too, Mark. I just thought about this yesterday when I was kind of making the decision to talk to you about it. Um, mm-hmm. Sasswat, the first, like, what, couple episodes, just like the first couple episodes, are just me talking into a mic about my thoughts on the Bigfoot world. So for me not to be pretty upfront with people at this point where I'm deciding to walk away from the show where I originally said I was using Sasswat as my means of figuring out whether or not, you know, I thought there was anything to the Bigfoot phenomenon. And um, so for me to, at this point, just be really vague about why I'm walking away would probably be disingenuous. I will keep some things close to the vest just because some things are personal. But um, the other thing to keep in mind is this is, this is my 
talking here. This is me talking. So if I say this and then I leave the show at episode 100 and suddenly Mark's getting hate mail for something I said back on like episode 989, <laughs> uh, don't bother. But the, the just in general, I'm a little burned out on the quote-unquote community as a whole. Um, and I, I know there are amazing people within the community because I've got to meet some of those people through Sasswet and through the events we do. But for myself, there's also been an extremely negative side to that that I've, unfortunately, anyone who's involved in, this isn't some sort of, I'm not trying, trying to make Seth Breedlove the Bigfoot martyrer. It's not that anyone who's involved in this in any capacity has also experienced it. But there's a really negative side to all of this you have to deal with. And um, part of that is also the reason I've decided to step away. Just kind of separating myself somewhat from the community. Um, again, I'm still on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. If people want to interact with me, I'll be there. And I'm on this show. We still have 11 episodes after this. And I have some ideas for things I think we should try to do. People we haven't had on that we need to have on, who we wanted to have okay. on. Okay. Yeah. So, so we need to do that. Um. There's a ton of different reasons why I'm stepping away, so I don't I don't even know how into it. You know, like I'm sure people will want to know things, and I'm trying to already calculate for what people are going to want to know as to why I'm hmm. leaving. But for the most part, it's just um, you know a time a time thing. I just don't have a ton of time right now, and it's it sucks in a way because it's my one of the highlights of my week is talking to Mark. I've said it on the show before. Like I love talking to Mark. Mark and I met at the Ohio Bigfoot Conference like three, two years ago, right? Because we've been two doing years the ago. show for two years. Yep. Um, and um, one of the first things I, I liked about Mark was that I could just hold a conversation with him for like two hours about I mean, any number of topics, but I think the first time we met we, we jumped around from like Jack Kirby to, to movies to to comics and then Bigfoot stuff. And and so one of the highlights for me of doing the show is talking to Mark and then obviously getting to interact with his family and kind of be, becoming friends with him and everything. So in a way, that, that will suck that I'm not going to get to have that set Thursday night, I'm talking to Mark kind of thing. But I'm also hoping that you know maybe we will have more time to just chill and talk about things other than Bigfoot now. So... The cool thing is Mark moved, so he's closer to me. So he's kind of in my mm -hmm. line of sight now, so he can't escape. So, <laughs> so he'll probably be stuck talking to me more often. I'll be at Books a Million looking over my shoulder. Yeah. I was, at, I was at three separate Books a Million in the last like week and a half. At the, really? Uh, yeah, at the clearance sections. I've been hitting up the clearance sections. Wow. Well, now, where were those? I, mean, I don't mean to... <laughs> There's uh there's one down in Canton at the Strip. Yeah, that's the one we always go to. Cuyahoga yeah, Falls only. is the other one. Oh, okay. And yeah. The, and the third is is Barnes and Noble. Oh, because sure. <laughs> I oh, okay. That's not a that's not a books a million. Um, right. But <laughs> but those are kind of yeah. That was we do a lot of book shopping in this family, and that's something else I'm mm -hmm. trying to get back into is just reading comics again and like. Doing the stuff that makes me happy and uh, mm -hmm. less of the um, kind of Bigfoot uh, craziness. There's there's a yeah. lot about the subject that I love. And um, 
a lot of the stuff I love about this subject I had lost sight of due to my involvement in the community. So um, yeah. I'm really hoping so, stepping back will allow me to kind of refind, you know, find again, whatever the right word would be, mm-hmm. uh, find the what it was about all of this that I love to begin with. Yeah. And see that it's funny you say that because there were a number of times during the conference this weekend where I thought that you would have really enjoyed hearing about it. Like the, like the Irwin presentation yeah. for one, like just of itself, I thought you were, would really have enjoyed that. I think so. And, just from what you said about her, I think I would love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'll just say a couple things about, you know, your decision. I think number one, knowing you as I do at this point, it was not completely out of left field for you to reach this decision because just knowing how, you know, you have poured so much of your, just your energy into the movie making. Um, it, it was, and the other things that you've gone through, um, I, it, it didn't shock me. I wasn't like, completely surprised uh, by it. The other thing is that um, balance, I I have come to discover that balance is essential. And, you know, just sitting there in your shoes, uh, trying to put myself in your shoes, you know, making, you know, spending a lot of your best time every day creating something about Bigfoot. And then in your spare time, you are doing a podcast about Bigfoot. I mean, it, it, you know, you've got other things that you're interested in Mm -hmm. and everybody should have a variety of things that they pull from. Um, that's an important life lesson actually. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause then it, um, well, I think it was Sean Forker that I was talking to, you know, and he was talking to me about, my vocation, which yeah, I mentioned more than once, is a pastor of a Christian church, and you know he's talking to me about my interest in in coming down to something like an Ohio Bigfoot conference. And for me, that pulls me out of the world that I'm usually immersed in, and gives me something to think about that's very absorbing uh, for a, a limited amount of time, and then. In no time at all, I'm back in my normal world, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I need that. But, you know, in my spare time, I'm not going to church conferences. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you have to diversify. Yeah. And I, I get that. Yeah, I think in general, um, even we were talking about it beforehand, and I don't think it's completely out of the norm for me to bring it up on the show, but I think even probably next year you'll see less of a presence of small town monsters at Bigfoot events. Um, we, we have Bigfoot event fans and, and obviously a lot of people that go to the conference, uh, the OBC were, you know, very supportive of us. So the Ohio community, um, has, has been awesome in the past. Um, but, after we've we've also made the discovery that that we are not the necessarily the type of of people that the diehard ardent bigfooters are looking for and i i don't know if it's that we're not out there hitting trees and recording audio and 
and you know trying to let you know capture the latest and greatest bigfoot footage or what it is but um it just doesn't seem like there's as much of an interest in us so so rather than continue to like try to foster or foist ourselves hoist ourselves on the bigfoot community i think it's better if we just kind of do our own events and people can find us that way and it's more Mm -hmm. open to people who aren't into bigfoot and as crazy as it seems to me because i as as someone who's really into the subject of bigfoot i thought small town monsters would appeal instantly to diehard bigfooters because it's it takes the subject seriously we take the subject seriously we're letting the witnesses kind of talk for themselves um and all that stuff that so often we hear people complain about as something that doesn't happen with your typical entertainment. Um, at the same time, it just doesn't seem like we're hitting that crowd either. So whereas you go to a, an event like we did at the Canton Palace Theater, which I told you, I don't think it was diehard Bigfooters. I think it was mostly people who have an interest in film and then a large part of our crowd are just people who are, are moderate interest in Bigfoot. And they can come see a movie like ours, which is taking the subject seriously, and it's I think it's a great introduction to the subject for people. Mm-hmm. So, so I want I obviously want bigfooters and diehard bigfoot people and people who love the subject to find us, um, but I just don't know that I personally am even where I. Um, let me think. Let me think. Of, I've become unpopular within certain circles. And we're not going to go into it on the show because that's a whole kettle of fish I don't want to open. But personally, I, Seth Breedlove, am not very popular within especially local Bigfoot circles. And um, rather than continue to try to insert myself into that, I just feel like it's better for us to find our own audience. There is an audience for this, and people do seem to like what we're doing, so... We're going to continue with that. Of course, that's small town monsters. That's not even Sasquatch related. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm mostly saying that to explain to people that this isn't just Sasquatch. This is kind of me stepping away from a lot of my involvement in the community um, and commenting on the community and um, whatever you want to call. Po- I mean, podcasting about the community and just just my community involvement in general needs to to back way 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 off at this point mm-hmm. um i just there's been a lot of stuff that was just too negative for my year and uh with all the work we're doing on boggy creek monster which is going to be our our biggest movie to date i mean we have <laughs> endless amounts of work ahead of us um so and this isn't this isn't some sort of retirement from bigfoot either i'm i'm obviously working on our 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 next bigfoot movie and i I mean, I I do hope to move beyond, not beyond, but I do hope to move toward another subject for the next Small Town Monsters movie, another type of cryptid. Um, but I w- I still want to tell Momo. I mean, I love the Momo story. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I hope someday we can get back to to Bigfoot even after that. But for yeah, and I don't want to spend the whole show talking about how Seth Breedlove is moving on from Sasquatch <laughs> and Bigfoot. Because I, I really don't think people care that much one way or the other. Um, there's a small group of people who who seem to like my take on things, but it's a tiny section of most of the Bigfoot world. Let's face it, most of the Bigfoot world don't even know we exist. So right, so, and that's fine. That doesn't there's bother me at to all. Be said for that, yeah. Actually, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't bother me at all. So, yeah. well, um, you know. 
I told you this before we started recording, but you know, I've personally I have real mixed feelings about continuing without you because mm-hmm. it's always been, I mean, with the exception of the first two episodes, really. Um, you know, Sasswood has been Seth and Mark, and so you know, it's a lot to think about, and I've I'm processing right now what some of those possibilities the might grief. be. Seven stages, isn't that what it is? Or five stages yeah, of grief? I'm in denial, actually, <laughs> at this point. I, I don't think you're going to leave. I think episode 101, it'll be That's you a surprise. punching me in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I, I guess, you know, what's, what's weird is, um, I don't know, I... For me, being at OBC this weekend was very complicated. And um, in all of that, hearing some of the presenters did, for me, kind of what I think you're hoping to achieve, which is remind me why I'm interested in this stuff in the first place. Right. And um, if I am going to continue on with Sasswat, it's going to be... You know, pretty much trying. Some of my favorite stuff has been digging into John Green's personal story and uh, Bob Titmus and stuff like that. And uh, I would expect that it would go in that direction, but um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. There's, there's no one better <clears throat> you could have hosting a show on Bigfoot than Mark. I will. I when I when I bumped into Mark at OBC, I hit the uh, co-host jackpot with that because without seriously without you, there would have been a show. Sasso would have ended at like episode ten or something. I mean, because because it was already I was already feeling confused as to why I was talking alone into an episode every or into a microphone every week, um, and and obviously the the audience grew when you came on board because it, it started to find its own kind of footing so i am proud of the fact that we we maintained some not some we maintained our integrity in doing the show we never became the uh even though i'm involved in the in the community and i'm directing movies about the the subject and all that i don't feel like we ever got to a point where we were too scared to talk about certain things Mm -hmm. because of offending someone or upsetting someone the the UK episode is the is the perfect uh, yeah. example. Uh, we yeah. got a lot of hate mail over that one. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, there's still going to be a, a Sasswood around in some capacity, and and I don't, I I personally don't believe my time on the show is entirely done. I'm pretty sure it'll pop back up uh, at some point, you know, to to talk here and there if Mark invites me on or asks me to come on or whatever, but. <laughs> It it will become Mark's show, and it's it's kind of going to be his to do with um, as he sees fit. So it'll be cool. He's crying right now. He's I am. he's fighting back tears. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, I, I I don't know what else I want to say here or, or address, but um, to anyone that that did listen to the show and that sent in positive, you know or negative emails and, and, you know, gave us feedback and, um, thanked us for doing the show or whatever. Thank you for, 
you know, listening and, and to our listeners. We do have the coolest, I've said it before, but we have the coolest listeners in Bigfooting because we've, we've got such an interesting kind of mix of, you know, ardent Bigfooters and then kind of people who are on the fringe, uh, not not like on the fringe as in they're they're into portals, but like who are kind of you know just on the cusp of of really dipping a toe in this murky world of bigfooting. Uh, we got a lot of those, and and that's cool because that's how I came to the subject. And don't be scared because of how things ended up with me and the way I'm talking about this. I I think as a subject, it is completely viable to get into this and to be a fan of Bigfoot and to read about it and learn about it. The only thing I would advise against, uh, maybe not advise against, but warn uh, people about is the, the community. Just be careful with the community because you can end up in a very um, volatile, <laughs> chaotic world and and that is that is the Bigfoot world. Um, we've seen we've seen our friend Shannon get run over coals. You know, it's not mm-hmm. it's it's not pretty, folks. Like there's some stuff that goes on behind the scenes with with hate mail that you wouldn't you wouldn't believe. Like legitimately fearing for your life stuff that can happen in this. But I also think that that is not the that is not the majority of Bigfooters. I think in every in every subject, every I, I was into comics and I saw it there, and I've been into other subject uh, subjects, and you always see that very vocal, very loud, very creepy minority, and it just mm-hmm. so happens that Bigfoot has it too, and they're just a little bit creepier than the creepy minority <laughs> in some of the other subjects I've been into. So I would I would just warn about. You know, know what you're getting into, know where to go, and know who to talk to. Find people that are into the subject who who come at it maybe from a similar kind of perspective as yourself. So I'm not saying only go out and find people who have your approach to it, but I'm saying find people who, like Mark. Mark and I aren't identical in any way, but I sensed a kindred spirit when Mark and I talked about it because, you know, we we don't take it quite as serious as some might, you know, like we, we're okay with making jokes about some things. And, um, Hmm. that was one of the first things I liked about Mark. And it's kind of how I met Brandon too, Brandon Dalo, who's producer now on the movies. I mean, same, same kind of thing. You're all, you know, it's, it's, um, it's finding kindred spirits in this crazy Bigfoot world and then watching your back because there are people who will stick a knife in it. Ouch. Um, we have letters. Let's let's try to get to a couple. We're, we're going to get to yeah. a couple of these letters, and then we're going to wrap up this episode. And then next week, we will get back to some more normal Sasswet episodes because we still have, you know, we still have eleven episodes to go before I bail. So why don't you start us off? Okay. This I love this letter. It's from Jeff, and this is about the Monroe Monster. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Seth, just got into your show and wanted to start out by saying I really enjoy it. I heard you on the Bigfoot show and looked up your show. Yes, I know that was recorded forever ago, but I remember you talking about really being into the Monroe Monster story. I was born and raised in Monroe, Michigan, and wanted to tell you a few things about what the people of the town think of the story. That's an awesome setup. Yeah. Which is, they don't care. (laughs) And it's viewed as a hoax. 
As a kid, my dad told me about the story as I started to get into Bigfoot, but immediately told me that it wasn't real and it was made up. On occasion, if you ask an elderly person about Bigfoot, they may reply with, like the Monroe monster. But once again, it's all viewed as a hoax, at least all the people I've encountered. Unfortunately, the monster burgers are long gone and have been since I can remember, it's born in 1985. Yeah. That's a, as an aside, that is a great thing about being at Fauk, because even down at the subway, yes, there was some type of... Subway slash... Uh burger joint yes alan's burger land that place was i have to say that was the best subway sandwich i think i've ever had so yeah <laughs> and you know it's run by like maybe three people i'm thinking two well that lady took the, the lady <laughs> she's doing running, everything yeah she's taking They're... orders at the counter in the burger place and then literally running across the room to make my sandwich at subway <laughs> yeah. no i'm in subway yeah <laughs> It was. I think she even switched to like a subway hat when she came over to that side of the building. I'm making that up. That didn't happen, but it's a great visual. Yeah, it's awesome. That place was, and yeah, food was good there. And she wasn't phased by this either. You no. know, that was the thing that really got my attention. Yeah, all these <laughs> like big thirty people. Yeah, thirty walk dudes in. walk into the subway yeah. slash burger joint at once. <laughs> all right so burgers oh yeah to be- <laughs> the booming city the article talked about is sad to think about when seeing the city now it's full of heroin and starting to become run down it's no flint or detroit but it's turning into an awful place to live i've just moved 25 minutes south to temperance right on the ohio border by toledo Keep up the awesome work, Seth, but when it comes to the Monroe monster, it's always been viewed as a hoax and nothing but a made-up story. It wouldn't surprise me if there was something out close to Monroe County, considering a county over, I believe it was, panthers were caught on trail cams, which, according to the wildlife people, don't exist here. But up north toward the top of the lower peninsula is where the money is when it comes to sightings, as you probably know. It's all woods up that way. I can verify that. As a youngster, I went to Boy Scout camp up in that lower peninsula area, hmm. and it is heavily wooded, everything you want in a, that type of territory. So if there was anything involving the Monroe Monster you wanted to, me to try to get info on, let me know. Thanks, Jeff. I I love that story, and, and I know it is viewed as a hoax, especially because they, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, there was a confession, wasn't there, that it was... A lie or something. I can't remember. Um, anyway, I, I love that story because it is so different from kind of our other small town monsters movies because it is pretty pretty definitively it's been proven to be a hoax. I think it was a mm-hmm. teenager in a in an ape costume or something like that. But it's still mm. affected the town in a major way and hit the media. And I do think there are sightings, legitimate sightings in that area and maybe even some that, that were connected with the Monroe monster case. So it's, it's a great, it is a great story. Um, even though it's viewed as a hoax. So was the Minerva monster, by the way. I mean, mm-hmm. most of these in fact are viewed as a hoax by the general public. It's just that, you know, typically I don't think they're proven to be a hoax where I, I do believe Monroe was more or less proven to have been a hoax, but mm-hmm. great story. And thanks for writing in. That was a great letter. 
I got an awesome e- um, Facebook message from a guy, and I don't want to go too into it because he, he told me about a, a local monster where he is and, and a fantastic story about his own possible run-in with the monster when he was a kid. And this is something I could see myself making a movie about down the road, one of our STM movies. Um, but but that was spurred on because of Sasswat, so... So that hmm. was it is cool that we're getting feedback on some of these small town monsters cases from people who think of them who can now connect kind of their own local monster with with us um cuz that's kind of what I wanted. I mean that's kind of kind of what's driving all the STM stuff anyway. So is that a situation that's ongoing? Um I Did don't say I I don't know if it's still ongoing today. It's I I'll tell you it's called the the Mill Race Monster. So look it up um, online. You'll you'll learn a little bit about it if you haven't already. Um, but it also there there's two other big STM projects I I really want to move on that are not Bigfoot. We we can talk about it afterward, uh, or at some point we can talk about it because yeah. I'm sure you'd have some knowledge for me on both of these. Um, but they're not. They're not Bigfoot, and that's mm-hmm. drawing me to them. And they're not Champ. Everyone's convinced that Champ is definitively what I'm doing next, and it's yeah, it's not. So, it's because you like that area so much. I do I love think, that. Is- <laughs> I do, I do. Especially after visiting, as much as I love the people down in Falk, and the swamps are absolutely beautiful in the late evening, which I never thought I would say that as creepy as some of that can be. Um, mm-hmm. It. It legitimately felt like everything down there wanted to murder me. So, <laughs> um, so what else do we got? Letter-wise. Oh, um, there is one about repercussions of finding out the truth about Santa. Yes. Okay. And that's yeah. from our our our. Uh, what would you say? Re- a recurring writer, George. You know what, honestly, George, this this letter is awesome, but it comes down to this one question, which is, he writes, "Do you really want to know unequivocally, unequivoc, unequivocal? I cannot say the word. <laughs> Do you really want to know unequivocally that Sasquatch exists or does not? That that is basically what the letter boils down to. It is a really mm-hmm. well written letter, and I don't know if we've talked about this on the show." I have an opinion that most Bigfooters, uh, especially, you know, like the, the the kind of the people that are going out in the woods and whacking trees and doing howls and all that. And when I say this, I'm not making fun of those people. I'm That's what they do. Those people, I don't think a lot of those people want to know 100%. Or at least they do not want to offer any sort of proof. Um, hmm. Because I think when that happens, the the fun ends. The game kind of comes to a close for them. So I do think that, that a large portion of the people that go out in the woods actively looking for Bigfoot don't actually want to know or don't actually want to prove that Bigfoot exists. It's more about the thrill of the hunt. Hmm. That's very interesting. I think, I mean, to a certain degree, you're right. And I just speaking for myself, I, I, I don't even know if I have an answer to that question personally. Yeah. I mean, there's part of me that obviously would love to know what the truth is. Mm-hmm. Um, I I guess here's what I would say for myself. I don't care if I get an answer or not. 
it doesn't really matter to me one way or the other because it's just fun to think about. Mm-hmm. But to and I know, I mean, I'm sure there's people who absolutely are after the proof that will or the discovery that will enable there to become proof. Um, but I think to your point, there's a, there is definitely a culture that's grown up around this pursuit that uh, people it's, don't want to let go of. It's a form of ghost hunting. Um, mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's more what I'm talking about. I know for me, I don't just want to find out. I need to find out <laughs> because, because I've gone and investigated three of these major sightings now. And I want to know if Bigfoot doesn't exist. What were these people seeing? Because they weren't mm. lying. Not every one of these people is lying. I can tell you that. And they're not. One of my witnesses on Falk, um, I totally believe was not lying to me. And obviously, you know, people can fool you, but I, I really believe this lady was not lying to me. And I do not believe she misidentified a bear or a guy in a costume. So I want to know what she saw. So for me, I, I do have a desire to, I need to know if, if you know, there really is something. That's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. But but I really feel like certain groups and um, even groups that are highly, you know, like highly respected, they're in it more to, um, this is the, this is the part of me that I've been hiding from the show so I didn't piss people off. But like, I mean, I think there's a lot of BFRO investigators who don't want to know you know they don't want to know and they definitely don't want to prove because there goes the cash cow right mm. Man, yeah that felt, felt good to say <laughs> gotta be honest with you um but i don't think that's everyone either you know like you can't generalize just because people are in one group or another doesn't mean that everyone in that group thinks the same way and especially right. when it comes to something like bfro because it's independent investigators in a way that are involved in this larger group. I don't think everyone has some sort of mandate that they're given by Matt Moneymaker to follow. Um, although who knows Bigfoot world is weird like that. But, um, I think, uh, for a lot of people, if, if tomorrow someone hauled a dead Bigfoot body out of the woods, there would be a lot of people that would be crying themselves to sleep in particular, the people who, tell stories about you know talking to bigfoots and communicating with bigfoots through the portals and you know hopping in and out of portals and bigfoots shrinking mm-hmm. down to the size of mushrooms and all that stuff i mean the other thing about it i've thought of is is some people say that if you did definitively prove bigfoot exists that the mystery would be gone i don't think that's true at all like it doesn't explain things like um stan gordon's work <laughs> like in fact, right. it, it further complicates Stan Gordon's work or any of these kind of anyone who's talked about Bigfoot kind of paranormal mysteries um, where they overlap. It, it almost adds another wrench to the works. Mm-hmm. Um, and and really, if they did prove if, if someone brought an eight foot tall, uh, you know, 400 pound ape out of the woods tomorrow. Think of what that would do to your outlook on going hiking or or going to to local parks or anything. Like, I think it only further broadens the the appeal of the whole thing if we can mm-hmm. prove these things exist. Yeah, um, I, I I was thinking when right when you were saying that, I thought 
the day that happens, you would see the numbers of people going out growing exponentially because now it would be, you know, you could demonstrate that there's actually something out there to see Mm -hmm. if you're in the right place at the right time. And, uh, you know, I think that's what, in part, that's what's given rise to some of the conspiratorial ideas that you hear from time to time, you know, that the government knows, but they don't want to tell you because of, what it might mean for protected species and regions and things of that nature. So I think, yeah, it it would complicate things. But I also think, you know, in a sense, maybe the search wouldn't go away. Because, you know, people go out birding Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, that there's a rare chance that they might see some, you know, very specific species. Think of of the people that go go hiking up okay so like we go to great smoky mountains there is a large number of people that are driving along that parkway looking for bears who go who go out with binoculars into the woods specifically looking for bears just normal people Mm -hmm. if if you actually prove this animal exists these things exist suddenly it's legitimate so so the crazies who, who and i'm not saying people that do this are crazy i'm saying that's how for the most part, a lot of people see big big footers, like the people that go out in the woods looking for Bigfoot. That's how a lot of the, the quote-unquote normal world sees those people. Suddenly, everyone is kind of, it's it's not as weird. Of course, mm-hmm. that's going to throw another wrench in the works because you're going to have people out trying to kill one, too. I, yeah. mean, I mean, look at mm-hmm. the Minerva case or any of these other cases where as soon as they exist, you know, like in, in the community, there's posses of people everywhere. But yeah. But for me, I I would love if tomorrow I woke up and someone had brought one of these things dead out of the woods, and I could definitively know they exist, or or alive out of the woods. They brought it out of the, out of the woods alive on a leash, so I could walk up and shake his hand. <laughs> um, I think we need to wrap it up. All right. But the the um the thing to take away from this episode is that um. Civil War was not quite as good as Batman versus Superman. That's that's the big thing, the big takeaway from this episode. Um, but yeah, we'll be back next week as as we are every week, and, we'll, and I'll be back for I guess eleven more episodes. Mark, what what do you anything to say in closing? I think that. Uh You should keep listening. For now. I agree. Keep your ears open. I agree.